Hey guys, welcome to episode 6.5 of I Know Nothing About MMA. I'm your host, DC. Not that DC. He's officially retired. Congratulations, DC. What a smart guy. But on today's episode, we're just going to be looking at some of my thoughts. Is Brock Lesnar coming back to the UFC? Should John Jones overtake Francis Ngannou in the queue to fight Stipe Miocic? And my thoughts on Anderson Silva's, potentially his last fight in the UFC. What's that going to be like? Am I happy he's retiring? What about that Dominic Cruz and Frank Edgar fight? That's a pretty interesting fight, right? Yeah, lots of things on this episode. So, yeah, enjoy it. And before we get into the episode, let's just do a bit of housekeeping. If you're on Apple Podcast, make sure to give this podcast five stars. Only if you want to, though. Apparently, it's good to get noticed and all these types of things. And also, if you have any inquiries or if you want me anything to talk about on the show, email me at IKnowNothingAboutMMA at gmail.com. Or follow me on Twitter. Just type in IKnowNothingAboutMMA. As always, I'll leave it in the description. And yeah, let's go right on into the show. All right, let's talk about probably the biggest story of the week it just broke today Brock Lesnar his contract with the WWE is up he is now a free agent so he can go anywhere he wishes now yes he can go anywhere he wishes but is that really the case not really I've seen people saying how great would it be if he went to AEW I don't think that'll happen (laughs) I think uh, the only two places he'll end up here is either WWE or UFC. Now, in my opinion, there is a good chance that he will end up at the UFC because I feel like with WWE, he's kind of done it all. He's done everything that's required of him over there. I don't know. Listen, you can always bring him back. You can always bring him back as a special attraction, but I think his time at the WWE is over. I really do. I think when he lost to Drew McIntyre, I know you guys probably don't watch wrestling, and if you do, that's that's great too. I watch wrestling too. (laughs) I think after he lost to Drew McIntyre, that was kind of it. That was kind of it for his time at the WWE. He fulfilled the role, this monster role that he'd been fulfilling for eight years or so, pretty much eight years or so, and only grew and grew after he defeated The Undertaker at WrestleMania, broke the streak of the dead man. But I think now is the perfect time for him to get back into the USADA testing pool and fight someone like John Jones, like Stipe Miocic, like Francis Ngannou. Give one of these guys the rub, especially John Jones. If John Jones cannot fight either Francis Ngannou or Stipe Miocic, the winner of that fight, for whatever reason... The only other fight that makes sense for him, business-wise, box office-wise, is a potential fight against Brock Lesnar. Now, I think Brock Lesnar will be up for that fight, even if he loses. And listen, that's the thing about this fight. Even if he loses this fight against Jon Jones, if he loses against Stipe Miocic, if he loses against Francis Ngannou, Brock Lesnar, that is, it's not going to hurt him his drawing power because these guys are the top guys in MMA. Even if he gets smoked, you can always say, well, this guy's been out of competition for about six years, so 
it's kind of expected. So he always has that little thing to lay on, you know. But I would love to see him fight John Jones. I think this is the perfect fight for John Jones if he can't get a title shot against either Francis Ngannou or Stipe Miocic. And we're going to talk about John Jones a little later because he's been talking about a potential fight against Stipe Miocic and jumping over Francis Ngannou in the queue. And we'll talk about that. But I think this is a really good idea for Brock Lesnar, another chapter in his life. And I just don't see him going to somewhere like AEW. I think his relationship with Vince McMahon is a little too good. I think they really respect each other, these two guys. So it would be kind of a slap in the face to Vince McMahon for him to go to AEW. And you guys may not know this, but the the situation when Chris Jericho went to AEW was very different. He wasn't getting utilized the way he wanted to get utilized. And trust me, Brock can get utilized however he wants to get utilized. That's, that's the matter of fact with Brock Lesnar. He does what Brock Lesnar wants. That's his gimmick in WWE, and it's his shoot persona inside WWE as well. It's his real-life persona and his wrestling persona. That's why it works so well, because it's, it's him. It's literally him. But... I think this is a very positive thing for Brock Lesnar if he decides to go into the UFC. And if he doesn't decide to go into the UFC and he decides to go to Bellator, the only fight that would make sense is a fight between Fedor Emelianenko and Brock Lesnar. But I think we're far too late on that one. We're 10 years too late on that one. So I don't think there's going to be much um, drawing power in that fight. I don't think that fight's going to do any big business, I think you're shackled to a promotion like Bellator, you would have to do it um, outside of Bellator, in my opinion, to really get the drawing power that you want to get, and I just don't see that happening, I see Brock Lesnar, um, I don't think he, he said this when he fought Mark Hunt, that he wasn't happy with how his run ended the first time, when he lost his UFC heavyweight championship, he had that um, stomach illness, diverticulitis or something like that something like that it was a really horrible injury apparently nearly like a life or death situation but obviously he wasn't happy with how it ended he lost to Alistair Overeem pretty emphatically Overeem just targeted the body and he went down like a sack of bricks but listen I wouldn't even hold that against Brock Lesnar those losses he had in the UFC in his first run because, yeah, he was suffering from that illness. He, it, it was um, impacting the way he fought massively. You know, Alistair Overeem kind of figured that and targeted the body, knees to the body, and he went down like, you know, a ton of bricks. So I would love to see Brock Lesnar in the UFC. I don't think it matters whether he wins or loses a fight against John Jones, against Stipe Miocic, against Francis Ngannou. I think it's most likely that he comes back for a fight against John Jones since he is the biggest name, and maybe to him it's the least risky fight. I don't think he wants to get in there with Francis and Garni. I don't think he's the style of fighter that will mesh up well. I don't, I don't like his chances against a Francis and Garni, but I think he would do well against a John Jones. I'm not saying he would win that fight. I think he would comfortably lose that fight, but I don't think he would take a massive beating in that fight. But hey, he, he could, but... That fight would draw a lot of money. That fight would do wonders for John Jones as well. His profile in the sport. And that's that's really what you bring 
Brock Lesnar in to do is to um, give him the rub, you know, give John Jones the rub by beating Brock Lesnar, by beating this guy that millions of people all over the world think is an absolute monster. And his run in WWE has only propelled him to another echelon of um, fighter. Like, he's, he's, his status is incredible. You know, his run in WWE is probably one of the most successful runs in the history of professional wrestling. It was an incredible run. Now it's over. Now it's time to get back into legitimate competition. I think, uh, you know, I think he's done everything he possibly can in the WWE. I can't see him going back and, listen, he could give... You know, I don't who who else can he give the rub to that you know he can maybe give the rub to this guy called Keith Lee, who's coming up. But I don't know. I don't think that's that's there's no real money in that fight. You know what I mean? There's no real money in that fight for Brock Lesnar. The real money for Brock Lesnar now is to step back into the octagon and fight a John Jones that will get people super super interested. And Brock Lesnar, he's legitimate. He is legitimate as they come. He was a fantastic collegiate wrestler. I heard a story that he was going to go to the Olympics, but decided on that massive WWE contract that Jim Ross and the WWE gave him, which was a seven-figure contract for a guy coming out of college. Yeah, you take that. You take that with open arms. And he did. Also, nearly made it to the NFL, got into the practice squad, did all those things. You know, He's a fantastic athlete. He is, he is one of the best athletes of my generation, I suppose. Like, he's kind of done it all. And his wins in the UFC, when he beat Randy Couture, when he beat Frank Mir, when he beat Heath Herring, these are all legitimate victories. These And he wiped the floor with these guys. And he didn't just beat them, he wiped the floor with these guys. So, yes, I would love to see Brock Lesnar back in the octagon. This is where I think he'll end up. I think he will end up... In the UFC, I could be wrong though. That WWE money is really good, but I just don't see how they're going to use him, you know, utilize him going forward since they've already had him put over people like Drew McIntyre, had him put over Seth Rollins, have him put over Roman Reigns. Yes, they could make him put over Keith Lee, but Keith Lee might not need that rub. And I don't think the business is there. That's there with the John Jones fight. That's there with the Stipe Miocic fight. I probably don't see him fighting the Francis Ngannou fight. I probably don't see that fight ever happening because Francis Ngannou is a bit of a monster. And, you know, you want to you wanna put Brock Lesnar back in this position for him to give someone the rub. Like, this is pro wrestling. You know, you want to get him there. And look, and if he beats John Jones, it only adds to the legacy that is already so, you know, long, so illustrious of Brock Lesnar. Do not see that happening. I think John Jones will comfortably beat him if that ever happens, but it's all about giving John Jones the rub. You guys got to remember, pro wrestling and MMA, they're like two fishes in a pond. They're two peas in a pod, these businesses. You know, they are very, very similar to each other. So it does not surprise me that a person like Brock Lesnar who is probably one of the most successful pro wrestlers of all time, is also one of the most successful MMA fighters of all time, from a drawing perspective and from a competitive perspective as well. 
So, yes, that's my thoughts on Brock Lesnar. Where is he going to go? I think UFC. Could be wrong. Who, who knows? This is, I know nothing about MMA. Who knows? But I think that personally. But, yes. Let's get on to the next story. All right, let's talk about the next story. The next story is John Jones will be making the case that he should be the contender for the heavyweight title and not Francis Ngannou. So I'll just read you some of the tweets he wrote. He wrote, Stipe doesn't want to fight Francis again because the first fight really wasn't close. Looking at it from Stipe's point of view, fighting Francis again is definitely more of a lose situation than a win. Stipe asked for a new challenge. Why not fight the light heavyweight GOAT? Besides, we're way closer in size. What's more, ex- what's more exciting sorry, than that? By the time he heals up, my body weight should be right where it needs to be. This fight lines up perfectly. Stipe versus Francis is high risk, low reward. Stipe versus myself actually makes a lot of sense for both of us. Now, you actually can have a super fight. If Stipe loses, the fight is gone. Alright, let's just break that down a little bit, right? I'm going to say John Jones is both right and he's wrong about what he's saying here because he's wrong in the sense that you know, Francis Ngannou is the rightful challenger. He really is. He's had four wins in a row, not just four wins, but four knockout wins in a row. And look, and I don't put much credence on victories against Junior Dos Santos and Cain Velasquez in 2019 and 2020. If I think, yeah, I think the Cain Velasquez fight was, no, it was 2019 actually. Yeah, I don't put a lot of uh, credence to those victories. Those are old men. But listen, you can only fight who's in front of you. And not only did he win those fights, but he spectacularly won those fights. And he won those fights relatively quickly. He's also beaten uh, Rosenstrike as well. And Curtis Blades. And that Curtis Blades victory is probably looking like a very impressive victory these days. I really rate Curtis Blades. I think he's a great fighter. And he's beaten Curtis Blades twice. Emphatically both times. So he really has the guy's number. So I don't think that... Francis Ngannou should be stepped over in the queue. I think he is rightfully the number one contender. And I think John Jones is wrong in the sense that this is a high-risk, low-reward fight. Yes, it may appear that way, but it's it's low-reward in the sense that... It it would be low-reward, sorry, in the sense that Francis Ngannou isn't a name. But that's wrong. Francis Ngannou is the hottest prospect in the heavyweight division. And it's the will of the fans to see that fight. The f- people want to see that fight. They want to see a rematch between these two, regardless of how the first fight went. Because this isn't a this isn't an immediate rematch. This is a a rematch that's taking place after Francis Ngannou's had a lot more wins under his belt, who has firmly placed himself as the number one contender. So I think it would be very wrong for John Jonas to step over him. And get a number one contender shot over Stipe Miocic. Now, I think the last sentence in this is very telling. If Stipe loses the fight against Nganu, then our fight's gone. That's basically what he's saying. I'm paraphrasing, but that's exactly what he's saying. If Stipe loses this fight against Nganu, the chance of us fighting is gone. 
And that's kind of telling to me. That kind of tells me that does John Jones want to fight Francis Ngannou? He's much rather would fight Stipe Miocic. To me, he's saying there that Stipe Miocic is much more up my alley. He's someone that I would like to test myself before I get inside there with a Francis Ngannou. And I know Stipe Miocic has been saying this as well, that he doesn't see the need for a rematch. But again, that's kind of telling because... Francis Ngannou has been on a tear. And again, I'm not the biggest Francis Ngannou guy. I think he's just a power merchant. I think he's kind of a top-heavy fighter that, you know, if he stay out of punching range, if he can do that, then listen, he's, you know, he's not the most biggest, baddest man if he can do that. Or if you can put him on the back foot, I think he you might have success there as well. So this way, so you can beat Francis Ngannou. He's not an unbeatable monster of a fighter. In fact, against Derek Lewis, after he lost to Stipe Miocic, he looked incredibly timid. And in the fight against Stipe Miocic, the first one, he was totally outclassed. And has he gotten better in his wrestling? I don't know. I don't know if the same thing will happen again. I think it kind of will. And I think it's interesting that Stipe Miocic isn't saying, well, I beat him comfortably the first time. I'm sure I can do it again. I'm sure I can beat this guy again just as comfortably. So that's very interesting. Already psychologically, there is something to this match that's very interesting. That is probably more interesting than a potential Stipe Miocic versus John Jones fight. So why John Jones is right in this particular situation is that, yes, this fight probably will do bigger business than the Francis Ngannou and Stipe Miocic fight. It probably will do bigger business, and it is a legacy fight. It's a fight between the greatest light heavyweight of all time, and now, you know, the people are saying that Stipe Miocic is the greatest heavyweight of all time. So, yes, it makes sense in that regard, but that's really all it makes sense over. And I don't buy this well, there's no money in a Francis Ngannou and John Jones fight, especially if he beats Stipe Miocic, especially if he, like, sparks Stipe Miocic. You know, it's there's a lot of money to be made in that fight, especially. That will only grow and boost the profile of Ngannou even more and make him a monster. And it will do so much for John Jones to beat the monster. And I think he can beat uh, Francis Ngannou. I think he beats Francis Ngannou quite comfortably, actually. I really do. So if you're listening, John, don't be so freaked out about that prospect. I think you beat Francis Ngannou very comfortably. I think if you stay out of punching range, if you potentially put him on the back foot, you chop up that lead leg, there's a lot of things you can do. If you wrestle in too, because, again, we haven't seen Francis Ngannou really employ the wrestling in a substantial way in a way that that it's he's has to rely on his wrestling i think that's not even that hard of a fight for john jones if i'm being totally honest and that's why it's confusing me so much that john jones is kind of spooking himself out of this fight he's kind of giving francis and gano a bit too much credence find that very interesting i find that very very interesting so, John Jones in this situation, is he wrong about wanting to be the number one contender over Francis Ngannou? Absolutely. It shouldn't happen like that. And, in my opinion, when John Jones steps up to heavyweight, the fight will be even bigger. 
the fight will be even bigger. He has to understand that. He has to understand that whoever wins that fight between Stipe Miocic and Francis Ngannou, your fight against either one of those will be even bigger because it either totally solidifies Stipe Miocic as the heavyweight GOAT, whatever. I don't really agree with that, but that's just how they're going to play it. Or it solidifies Francis Ngannou as this unstoppable monster. So it's going to do good business either way. So I would tell John Jones to wait it out, keep training, keep getting the muscle up, whatever you want to do. But let's not go so quickly into this. Let's think about this. And I don't want to see him take a tune-up fight. The only fight that I would want him to take instead of a Francis Ngannou or Stipe Miocic fight for the title is a Brock Lesnar fight. That's it. I don't want to see him fighting Rosenstrike. I don't want to see him fighting anyone. You know what I mean? I just or Sakai if he beats over him. I don't want to see that. There's no money in that. He he went up to heavyweight to get the big fights, to get the biggest fights in the business. So let's act like that. You know that's what this was about. He was sick of fighting no names in the light heavyweight business. He's sick of fighting Dominic Reyes. Even Jan Blakowicz, he is not a name. Yeah, he's a great fighter, but he's not a name. So, John Jones should wait, in my opinion. He's making the case for being the contender is absolutely wrong. Francis Ngannou is the rightful contender, and it should stay like that. Alright, let's get on to the next story. Okay, the next story we have today is that this next fight with Uriah Hall is potentially, probably, going to be Anderson Silva's last ever fight in the UFC. Dana White has said this is probably going to be his last fight. Anderson Silva is saying the same thing. And I'm I'm pretty happy about this. I think it's long overdue a retirement for Anderson Silva. He's 45 years old. Yes, he has not been in the wars that age a fighter tremendously, but since breaking his leg against Chris Weidman, he hasn't looked so spectacular. He has gone on a downwards trajectory the whole time. I really think he should have packed it in when he lost to Israel Adesanya and kind of given in the rub and saying, listen, you know, I'm passing the torch over here. But no, he didn't do that. He fought... I think twice more in his last fight against Jared Cannonier, he hurt his leg badly in that fight too. So he's getting frail. He's getting on. He's getting on. So this is a good decision by Anderson Silva to retire, to call it quits. This is a really good decision. I'm very happy for him. I really am. And what I like about this fight as well is that Uriah Hall, I'm not going to say he's tailor-made for Anderson Silva, but he is a good matchup for Anderson Silva. He's not going to be fighting a wrestler. He's not going to be fighting a yada, yada, yada. You know what I mean. He's going to be fighting someone who stylistically matches up really well with him, and the potential for a good fight is there. Uriah Hall isn't one of the greatest fighters in the world, but he is definitely an exciting fighter. He has highlight reel knockouts. He is an aggressive fighter. But still, I'm still going to say, I wish Anderson Silva retired after his fight with Israel Adesanya in Melbourne. I think that was the perfect time to retire. 
like the perfect time but no fighters are never like that they never go out on the perfect moment well very rarely do they go out in the perfect moment and Anderson Silva in my opinion is kind of missed the boat he's not going out in the perfect moment he's fighting but listen it could have been worse it could have been worse Uri Hall is definitely up his alley in terms of a stylistic matchup and this will be a very fun matchup it's going to be a three-round matchup as well I don't think it's going to be headlining the card that it's on maybe it is I don't think it is though, but potentially it is. Potentially it's headlining. It could be a five-round fight. I don't really want to see Anderson Silver in five-round fights. I think um, he's much more suited to three-round fights now. But yeah, there's not much I can say about this other than, listen, this is long overdue. Anderson Silver is 45 years old. He's an old man. It will be very sad if Uriah Hall knocks him out, like sparks him. And... Anderson Silva definitely could win this fight, but he's an old man. You know, if he doesn't win this fight, don't be surprised. If he goes out with another loss on his record, don't be surprised. The business is not a very fair business. This business is never fair. You must go out on top or go out... And I know he's going out on his own terms and all these kind of things, but... You know, I really would have loved to see Israel Asanya get that rub. Retire a legend. That fight was like a glorified sparring match. You know, Israel Asanya showed him too much respect in that fight. And he should have retired him in that fight. But anyway, right? But Uriah Hall was originally meant to fight Yoel Romero, and that was a tough fight for Uriah Hall, in my opinion. That was stylistically did not match up well at all. But now he's got a stylistically, you know, a favorable matchup, as does Anderson Silva. So, yeah, this is a fight for the fans. This is a goodbye fight. We'll talk about Anderson Silva's career more in depth when... He does retire. We might do a retrospective or something like that because he is one of the legends of this sport. And I'm not the biggest Anderson Silva fan, but to disregard his accomplishments and especially that run at middleweight where it looked like he was never going to lose, that would be kind of silly. So yeah, he's a legend in this sport. I wish him the best in his future career. I don't want to see him fight that I'm you know I'm not that excited to watch this year I hold Anderson Silva fight it really is just a fight for the fans his fans you know and he's been saying stuff Anderson Silva like I want to fight Conor McGregor listen this is why we have the UFC video game because we can do these matches on the video game all right we're never going to see that fight in real life it's not advantageous to Conor McGregor to knock out Anderson Silva. It's not advantageous. The only person it's advantageous to is Anderson Silva. And Anderson Silva, unfortunately, does not hold the cards. He does not hold the cards. And I'm pretty sure Dana White must have told Anderson Silva that this is your last fight. You know, stop ruining your legacy. Obviously, he said it in different words, I assume. But that's the gist of what he said, I assume. Stop ruining your legacy, right? You're... It's kind of hard to sell you as one of the greatest of all times if you go out on a five-fight losing streak. So, yes, Anderson Silva, he's going to retire. I wish you all the best. And, yeah, that's really all we got to say for that story. On to the next story.
Okay, another story we're going to be looking at is that Frank Yeager is interested in a fight with Dominic Cruz. This is a really fun fight. This is a fight that makes sense for both fighters, where they are in their career. Frank Yeager coming off that split decision win to um, Pedro Munoz, and Dominic Cruz coming off that loss to Henry Cejudo. And listen, there's no shame in losing to Henry Cejudo, and there's no shame in having such a close fight to Pedro Munoz, especially for where Frank Yeager is in his career. He's, he's an old fighter, isn't he? But... He's still got a lot in the gas tank. Unlike this Anderson Silva fight where he's fighting Uriah Hall, this fight is still a very high-level fight between Dominic Cruz and Fred Gedger. And Frank Gedger, sorry. So I'm very happy this fight could take place. This is probably the best-case scenario for both fighters and the most interesting fight both fighters could have. Dominic Cruz is getting on a bit. He didn't really look like the old Dominic Cruz in the Henry Cejudo fight. He kind of looked like an old Dominic Cruz. <laughs> a Dominic Cruz that's been in and out of form, in and out of competition. He hasn't consistently been in competition since his loss to Cody Garbrandt. And that was probably about three years ago. So he's had a very extended run not being in the ring and... This is a, and despite that, this is still going to be a very interesting and very high level fight. I don't know who I've got in this fight. I'd probably lean more towards Frankie Edgar because even though he lost in that fight against Pedro, a uh, one sorry, even though he won in that fight against Pedro Munoz, he didn't look amazing. But Pedro Munoz is an amazing fighter too. He's a top guy. He wasn't blitzed like. Dominic Cruz was, and I think the stoppage in that Dominic Cruz-Henry Cejudo fight was perfectly fine, and I understand Dominic Cruz having sour grapes about the stoppage in that fight because he's a fighter, he's a competitor, he has a lot of pride in himself, so he doesn't like to see himself lose like that, and when you have a lot of pride, you will blame anyone but yourself for the performance. Also, what's happening with Sugar Sean O'Malley right now, the guy's got a lot of pride, Nothing wrong with that. It's fine, guys. But there isn't too much to say about this fight other than, yes, it makes a lot of sense, and yes, I would love to see it. So that's just my thoughts on this fight. Little quick thoughts, because there isn't really too much to say about this fight other than it would be A, a fantastic fight for both of these fighters, B, a fantastic fight for the fans, and C, a great fight for the picture of the bantamweight division altogether. This is what it's all about, isn't it? So, yes, let's get on to the next story. All right, the last story of the day is that Dana White is planning a new UFC hotel for fighters in Las Vegas. Not really a new one, but just planning a hotel, and it's going to be built on a 10-acre block of land next or near to the UFC headquarters. Obviously, the Apex, UFC Apex is on an adjacent piece of land. And this is a really smart move by Dana White and the UFC to kind of, again, cut costs, put these guys in a hotel that is specifically designed for fighters, will have all the facilities a fighter needs, I assume, to fight in Las Vegas. And I wonder if this is because 
maybe Dana White is falling out with some of the casinos that are running these big events, like the MGM Grand. Since the T-Mobile Arena has opened up in Las Vegas, UFC have never went back to the MGM Grand. They've always fought in the T-Mobile Arena. Yes, there might be a little more money to be made at the T-Mobile Arena, but the MGM Grand is kind of like the home of combat sports. It's kind of like the spiritual home of combat sports. There's even a press room at the T-Mobile Arena. There's not even a press room. They have to set up like a weird tent for the press, which is kind of oh, it's kind of weird and interesting, but whatever. And But I can't really hate this move by Dana White in the UFC for building a hotel that will only make them, as he says, more self-sufficient. They don't have to rely on any hotels or they don't have to rely on maybe, you know, because maybe things are booked out, maybe, you know, especially during this time where hotels are not really in business. It's kind of hard to get a hotel room for these fighters sometimes. I'm assuming that might be the case. So, Yes, well done for the UFC for doing this. This is a very smart move. It's probably going to cost them a lot of money, but in the years to come, we're going to see that money slowly get brought back in when people start to use this. And yeah, smart move by the UFC for building a hotel. I heard earlier this year, Dana White was thinking of buying a casino and a hotel. I'm not sure how realistic or how real this is, but he was thinking of buying a hotel and casino to kind of cut the middleman out. And I don't know how that works. I don't know if the I don't know if that could work because realistically, you'd be getting money on both sides. It's I don't know the legality of that. So maybe someone can clue me in on whether that's actually even illegal. Whether he can own a hotel slash casino and put these fights on in these places. It seems like a kind of weird thing. But there's nothing wrong with this. This is. A good move by the UFC and the UFC headquarters with the Apex and now with this hotel will just be like a huge campus will only benefit the UFC for years to come and they have the UFC Performance Institute it's a really big deal and it's a really positive step in the right direction to make these things in-house instead of having to rely on gyms um, all these other things and Yes, yes, it is kind of a little evil, but you, you see the point. You see why UFC are doing this, why they are putting all this money into capital, because it pays off. These dividends will pay off soon. So, yeah, that's it. That's all I've got to say about that. It's a very smart move, and really, that's it for today's news. There was quite a bit of news to get through. A lot of fun stories, actually. A lot of good stories. So, yeah, that's really it for today. This is DC. This was episode 6.5 of I Know Nothing About MMA. Hope you have a good morning, good afternoon, good night, whenever you're listening to this. And, yeah, I'll speak to you guys next time. Bye-bye.